Good Choices, a holistic conversation about dance, art and life with Sabine Parzer. Hi everyone, this is the very first podcast of Good Choices, a holistic conversation about dance, art and life. I'm Sabine Parzer. I am a dancer, a choreographer, uh, institute leader. I have my own holistic dance institute. As a dance pedagogue, I teach people from many different backgrounds in uh, improvisational and holistic methods. I am very happy to speak this time with this very first podcast with Javier Cura. Javier uh, was born and raised in Argentina. He lived uh, in Italy and is now living in Germany. He's been in Europe for many, many years. Javier is a visual artist. He also comes from a background of shadow theater and physical theater. He has a background in martial arts, contact improvisation, tango, and is now uh, mainly invested as a movement activist in something that he calls the ecological body. We had, I think, a very touching and a very passionate conversation about what it needs to be in the human body at this moment in time, what we can offer as movement and dance teachers um, to the process of change and the process of uh, awareness towards um, healing and supporting the health of this earth. And uh, it was just lovely to talk to an artist who is using or working with art for a larger purpose. Here you go with the first podcast with Javier Cura, Good Choices. Hello, this hey. is Sabine Parza. Hi, Javier Cura. Hello, how are <laughs> <Hello>. you? <laughs> very good. I'm very happy to um, start my new podcast, which is called Good Choices, a holistic conversation about dance, art and life. And I'm very happy to have Javier as my first guest. Um, Javier, I'm just going to spend a few moments here uh, talking about my podcast since this, this is the first time that I'm offering this. Um, for me, Good Choices has a very large meaning in the sense that good choices can be very small things that we do in our daily lives. The um, organic food that we buy, the kindness that we give to a stranger, or the larger life choices that we make depending on how and where we live, if we decide on a profession. Um, I think you and I, we have both decided to spend our life uh, dedicating to the arts but also to larger purposes. But that was at one point a very uh, specific choice that I had to make. And I'm really curious. I'm curious about people's lives, where they had made some choices um, that maybe you didn't know at the time that it was a good choice. Maybe it turned out to be many, many years later. You were like, ah, this is what I did back then. And this is now I can sort of um, harvest um, my decision back then or harvest the fruits of that moment. Mm. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, part of my choice to ask you to be my first, uh, my first guest is your versatility uh, in terms of your artistry, but also... Um, your uh, your interest or your um, activism, yeah. Mm -hmm. You call yourself a, a movement activist, 
and I'm really interested to hear more about that. So, hello. <laughs> hello. So nice to see you. The wonders, one of the wonders of uh, technology. Yeah. Yes, it is, definitely. Um, so uh, I'm just going to spend a, a short moment introducing you. Um, I have a few uh, words that describe you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you, are, you are a dancer. Um, yeah. But I, as I read from your bio, you were actually a visual artist first. And mm -hmm. uh, you were also, um, you began with shadow theater and then you uh, with martial arts. Um, mm -hmm. I have contact improvisation in there, but also see you um, as a teacher, as a performer, and as an activist. Um, mm -hmm. You uh, are currently working on something that you call the ecological body. You are also currently engaged in a project with the UN Ecology Research. You have worked with sickle cell patients at the London Royal Hospital. So what I'm reading out of your biography and what I've known from you also personally is, is that at the core, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but at the core you are an artist and it doesn't matter if it's visual arts or, or um, performing arts, but that is the core of you. But as, as an artist, you are experiencing the world and you also want to be a part of the change in the world. I don't want to put anything into your mouth, but this is how I read your bio. This is how I understand it. Do you want to just share a little bit about your background and where you are right now and where your interest is? Yeah. Um, I, I think the first one thing that I, I'm, I'm not decided, perhaps, is that I, um, I, I think I'd, at this moment, more than an artist, I'm a mover. <laughs> I don't know if there is a category for that. Yeah. But being that the contrast of our society is complete sedentarism, to describe oneself as a mover is already something, a category. It, it has become a category in itself. And, um, and what I always have been interested through through art uh, uh, is how can I enrich change my life uh, become more aware more compassionate and also how how can I share that with other people so that they can perhaps I in that sense uh, uh, I'm a vehicle of, mm -hmm. I would like to be a vehicle mm -hmm. of uh, awareness and mm -hmm. compassion and, mm. uh, yeah, and change because, um, because yes, I, I, I do think that we, we live in a deeply um, ill society. Mm. So maybe if we talk about art not in the traditional sense. I mean, I, I have spent so much of my life trying to uh, figure out what does it mean for me to be an artist in the last, mm -hmm. in the first 15 years, it meant performing, choreographing, dancing professionally on the stage. And then I stepped away from that. And then I applied my skills that I learned as a dancer to um, a holistic path or a therapeutic path, mm -hmm. working with people mm -hmm. in a 
rehabilitation center after severe traumas. Mm. And I figured out that here I am not, my purpose is not to be on stage or to teach anybody to be on stage, but the tools that I learned within my artistic field, I applied with a different intention. And that's yeah. what I'm hearing with you. So it's not art for art's sake. It's not art just to, I mean, I'm going to exaggerate that a little bit to be pretty and to, to just create beauty, which is a wonderful thing and can be very healing in and of itself. But the, that the, the larger purpose has changed or the larger intention has maybe yeah. also for you changed towards a different goal. Yeah, I completely, thank you. I yeah. completely identify with that description yeah. that you do yeah. of yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is an interesting process. And that's, I'm very curious to hear how that happened for you. Like, can you, can you see that within your history? Where, was there like a certain point in your history where you decided to shift your focus away from creating art for art's sake? Uh, yes. Um, there was a moment I was... Uh, I had um, developed a whole uh, language in um, physical theater, uh, light, shadow theater, um, and uh, we were, I had created a, a theater group, or, and uh, we sort of were in a way quite successful in, um, in Argentina and Buenos Aires, or, or at least recognized a little bit, and and then um, and then the whole space where I was working, uh, which was an old abandoned factory, beautiful English old abandoned factory of the style of the Li Liverpool uh, station in in London, for example. Where, um, uh, that style of uh, brick and iron and glass, you know, mm. and uh, and the one of the owners said because of one situation that we need to leave the, that space immediately. And I, 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 until that time, I was completely dedicated to, uh, on one side, my theater work with a group, and on the other side, my work as a object creator mm, it, it was more creating objects at that moment mm -hmm. yeah i had started as a painter and, and painter allowed me to 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 develop this um this awareness of light and how light um affects us and affects what we see and uh, and makes everything uh, um, peculiar. Uh, of, it's it's an art. It's an art. You know what mm -hmm. what type of light um, you choose. By the way, I realized when we were starting this that uh, perhaps this light is not the best. But uh, <laughs> speaking of light, so you yeah. you were sharing that you were in the rehearsal. You were in that stadium, uh, and you had yeah, to yeah, leave. It, and we had to leave the space and uh, and so I had in a way and I had been living in that in that space so I was li living like a like a one you know one of those plants that is hanging on a tree that leaves from the tree bro. <laughs> yeah it's and, symbiosis uh, yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. symbiosis so. and 
and um, and yeah, so and I had been collaborating with uh, different uh, um, architects. My brothers an architect. Many of my friends or, and people in the group were architects, and I had been collaborating with them as an as an architect because I can imagine space and different uh, and how it works in terms of structure. And that is something I got from martial arts, from my teachers in martial arts, who not only we copied the form, but also we they explained why that form works in that way. You know? mm -hmm. So that allowed me to understand something about structures and weights. And so uh, I always been working with a different architect. So I, I said, okay, I dedicate myself. I, I would like to become a sort of we uh, half um, half day architect and half day artist, oh. uh, and we present with a friend of mine who was an official architect. We present ourselves to a sort of an award uh, to uh, to do to construct design and construct a restaurant, and we won it, uh, and uh, and. And then it was a beautiful design and whatever, but the work was so amazingly stressful to be mm -hmm. an architect in Argentina. To, mm -hmm. One thing is to design it and the other thing is to actually deal with a concrete thing of doing the thing. You know? yeah. So after that experience, I said, forget it, forget it. Mm -hmm. and. Um, I I moved into a place where I could have my where, where I construct an old house in Buenos Aires where I constructed my studio where I wanted to rehearse there initially and do and and, and I constructed an atelier in this house where I could also do my artwork and then I gradually um, decided, okay, I will, uh, this was a turning point, I think, so uh, I want to dedicate my life to what I enjoy doing, and what mm -hmm. I enjoy doing is moving a lot, and, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and not so much having to deal with actors and actresses, I was in a crisis in that moment, mm -hmm. with all the relational aspect of the, mm -hmm. of the, mm -hmm. of the theatre. So I started to share to share what I knew about uh, expression and about martial arts, and I had been a yoga practitioner with first with friends, and then I noticed that it it worked, and 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 I I could go further. So I opened that circle to uh, to people who came to my lessons. Um, and it was both, you know, that uh, that same famous phrase, we teach what we want to learn. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I started doing that with uh, humbleness and but with uh, uh, with clarity. This is to to a certain point. I can and I, I can teach what I mm. so uh, what you... I already know and continue yeah. studying yeah. and learning. Would you say maybe um, as a summary of that story of the turning point that maybe your experience was about having 
uh, or enjoying the immediacy of your results more than having to create something that needs so much construction or so much yeah. uh, directing and so much funding and oh, so much yeah, production yeah, yeah. that yeah. as a teacher, you, you put something out and you have an immediate response. Is that something the, you can relate to? Completely. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, again, yeah. you take... Yeah. I don't know if you should do an interview to myself. Maybe <laughs> because I completely identify with that. Well, I can so relate to that. I mean, we're both improvisers and we're both teachers. And I mean, I spent so much, so many years on stage, both learning the choreography of somebody else, but also no. producing, producing my own work. And there's such a delay. Yeah. Of, <laughs> and I think part of what I really enjoy about, um, you know, having, having sort of established myself within my work is, is really to choose, okay, I can choose to dive into more depth if I want to produce something like I produced my card set, for instance, and that was a lot of work. But, you know, and it, it's a product that I can sort of pass on, but it's my choice whether I want to spend so much time on production or if yeah. even if yeah. even creating a new website is something, you know, that takes a lot of energy. And it, of course, it has a, as a marketing yeah, yeah. purpose, so you kind of mm -hmm. need to do that. But there is something that's so beautiful about our, our process of moving is, is that 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 in the moment moment and i think that's something that we all you know thrive on and and at the same time it's so real it's so um how how else to say that it's 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 so alive and i think that's what's interesting to me also and yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I, I i completely relate to that yeah um I just want to say one thing in relation to the other yeah. uh, to the other w work as an artist as a um, as we were like sort of poor artists living in a factory, um, all of my work was all, all, all done, all the scenography, all the, um, I'll say, uh, the clothes, everything was done with the uh, things that uh, were found in the street. Uh, ah, uh -huh. and, uh, and we had managed to really like, um, yeah, um, with a lot of care and giving value to this rubbish, transform it in something mm. amazing. You know? mm. And I remember one of our last trips as a theater group was to a, a place, um, a, a city down in Argentina. And uh, this theater place was nearby a shanty town or sort of shanty town. And at the beginning, the, the kids from the shanty town came and, and they were sort of um, um, like sort of uh, pissing, uh, wanting to piss off, uh, okay. like to could really. You, could you explain uh, to me and to the listeners what a shanty? Yeah, for example, is? they they would uh, they, they 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 would come. We were like preparing, reconstructing the whole scenography. And they would open the door of the, of the. It was a big uh, sort of basketball place or something like that. And they would open the door and throw, um, how to say, uh, one of those uh, bombs uh, uh, that mm -hmm. they use for. Uh, <laughs> imagine, no? 
but a friend of us who was quite a sort of a Buddhist Zen in a way, he got them to involve and, and, and we together, all together, brought them in so that they could see, they mm. could help us and mm. they could experience with her body what, what we were doing. And yes, and it was like uh, the scenography was done lots with uh, uh, telephone guides, um, papers uh, put together, um, old pans, uh, coats, uh, old ch pieces of chairs, wheels, like. Uh, and then three days late, uh, two days late, or one or two days later, after preparing the whole stuff, we we invited them to the show. They were like special guests, like 15, 20 of them. Mm. And they couldn't believe what they could see. That what did they see? Mm. What did they saw? Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what they saw? Um, so you had, an, end, you had an impact on them, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 At the end, the, the best critic I, I yeah. remember, I, we had many press uh, critics and things like that, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I cannot remember any of them. <laughs> but the best critic was of one young guy, maybe a yeah. young adolescent, who said, it's beautiful because you, with all this rubbish, you managed mm -hmm. to make something beautiful. Mm. And, and that touched, was... And you touched people. You touched people from different yeah, and, social backgrounds, yeah, not just... Yeah people who came to uh, be an audience, but the kids off the street, right? You, yeah, you, yeah. you invited them into your world and something, something shifted within them that they yeah. could experience a new, maybe a little bit, but a new view of the world. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, but, but also a very practical thing because they mm -hmm. saw it was mm -hmm. rubbish. Mm -hmm. what, they, what our society considers as rubbish. Mm. And if treated with care and with love, you can also use mm. it in another way. Mm. And mm. that becomes mm. another thing. Mm. And so I think that was, especially for, for these uh, kids, that was an enormous life lesson. Mm. Uh, and it was enormous also to receive from them that life lesson that they can, yeah, the way they value it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I would like I would like to make a segue because it's a perfect point. Um, first, into my my main interest in this podcast, which is good choices, yeah. And maybe a good choice at that moment was to work with the material mm -hmm. that was there, that was honest, you know, available, or that was rubbish, but to create something new and beautiful out of that. But it also sounds like a good choice. Not to not to send those kids away, but to have a conversation and to invite them into your world. So to make a segue into your work with the ecological body, um, yeah. I would like, if it's okay with you, I would like to read a quote um, from uh, an article in a book that uh, our colleague uh, Martin Keogh he assembled this book, Hope Beneath Our Feet. I'm just going to post it right here. Uh, no, hope is, what hope, hope beneath, beneath our feet, our feet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he calls it uh, restoring our place in the natural world he published it uh, quite a long time ago i think about mm -hmm. 10 years ago and i would just like to make the segue also to your work um and again to me it's about making choices 
So this is an article um, by Nala Wala, and it's called Body as Place, a Somatic Guide to Re-Indigenation. Yeah, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh -huh. But she writes, she writes, aligning with our bodies may seem to be a small contribution, but since our habitual denial of the body lies as the root of our mistreatment of the earth, these small ripples eventually become a sea change that affects the entire world. Yeah. It's touching, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like so, that. Yeah. How and, this, you... and this is... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I mean, my, my question is, is how do you respond to that? What's at the core of your ecological body? How do you see our relationship to our body as being... A, um, in relationship to the earth and how can we as dance teachers or as movement teachers, how, how can we contribute um, to reconnecting? How do you yeah. do it? What's your, yeah. what's your intention? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and reconnecting to what you had said before, uh, being able to teach and to share um, my my experience and in a way my knowledge allowed me to see the results directly and yeah. the results i wanted to see was obviously what i wanted to work in my body yeah and it, because it didn't it didn't come came nalawala I, I i think i i heard her before it didn't became like that for me mm. It, mm. it became like how 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 to contribute and then it, after many years and uh, I, yeah there i could see how i co i could contribute with the with the changes uh the um with a, a more healthier change in, mm. in each one's way of living you know? mm. and uh, and that was amazing like surprising i can like I can tell you so many different anecdotes of that. Mm. Mm. Uh, I remember once in Italy, a, a woman that had been um, abused uh, when she was a, a, a child. Uh, so she had a very conflicting um, relation with her body and mm. through, yeah, doing contact in a very encompassing and compassionate way and allowing distances to happen and and an expression but because for me contact is not I'm not very interested in the language in itself I'm more interested in the expression what happens yeah. when we contact ourselves and and others and Are you, um, just to be clear also for our listeners when you talk about contact you're talking about the form of contact improvisation yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah just the language so of uh, yeah the language yeah. yeah yeah and in the end um, this woman who was helping her family business of uh, selling uh, vegetables and fruits and things like that it was quite an important business gradually shifted into into a shiatsu practitioner mm. Mm. and that was wow so so, so connecting amazing with her, connecting with her body and also finding some form of healing or at least 
reconciliation with her abuse also allowed her not only to feel different in her body but also to really make a life choice for herself to yeah, leave the family business and um and yeah. and create something that is also again supporting others in terms yeah. of their um in terms of the body mind health or body mind connection yeah yeah and imagine so, that yeah. she continues doing that work so she yeah. she's already changing and reconnecting other bodies you know? yeah so if so. I if I am not a dancer, if I am um, if I don't know anything about somatic work or contact improvisation, and I would um, come and be interested maybe in movement or I'm interested even in a, in a ecological work, what how can I imagine your workshop? What is it that you actually like? What is it that we would do if I come to one of your classes or one of your retreats? You do these beautiful retreats in the Czech Republic at the yeah, yeah, yeah. monastery, yeah. I think. Or yeah, 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 monastery. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what would expect me if I come there? So um, to move. But to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to move but, uh, uh, and to move with awareness of of what do we need as animals mm. as 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 beings of, as creatures of this mm. earth mm. as as uh, yeah as sons and daughters of this earth mm. and it's not metaphoric it's real no that we are creatures yeah obviously all of these all of these all of these makes us completely forget about our belonging but we belong to earth this is where, where we belong and uh, and 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 becoming gradually aware that uh, we have been designed through four millions years of evolution which means movement to move and that has mold what that had that has created this amazing brain that we have as a I can't remember his name he's an engineer bio bio engineer or something like that he said we we uh, we we think that uh because we have a brain we uh, uh it's both ways no because we move in such a a enriching way, a reaching, a rich way, mm -hmm. we need a, such a complex brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we are not like we, we are like the Swiss Army uh, knife of movement. Uh, we cannot excel like a cheetah uh, running, but we run. We cannot excel as a kangaroo. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. jumping but we jump we cannot excel as a chimpanzee climbing but we climb no mm -hmm. and there's no other animal that has this complexity of movement mm -hmm. and this complexity of movement has to mm -hmm. be dealt with in some other way so the, the, the I think the turning point for us was to go from four legs to balance mm -hmm. and to balance that allowed this sensitivity in our hands to happen and uh, and all the other type of movements that we could uh, started to create with such an inst unstable structure no mm. 
And so what, what you can expect is to become aware that we live in a completely uh, sedentary society that has taken for granted that we, that we have to sit. Yeah. Sedentary means sedere, bum, mm -hmm. your bums, <laughs> to sit. Yeah. And, uh, also, in a way, for me, it implies also a certain numbness. Like becoming, yeah, yeah, yeah. becoming yeah, numb, yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah, and I think what you're talking about is really that interaction between the physical or the soma, yeah, that internal sense of self that is intrinsically connected to our sense of movement. Our brain develops as we're moving, and it we move as we develop the skills uh, cognitively to move. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, it's one of the, I think it's one of the, really the gifts of contact improvisation. And I think Steve Paxton explained it in one of, uh, one of the early videos when, um, when he talked about Nancy Stark Smith learning how, or they're both, all of them at the beginning, learning how to do the form. They didn't know how to do the form, but as they were practicing, they learned how to do it and learned the skills to deal with the challenges of doing that. And yeah. I think that is one of the one of the greatest gifts of contact improvisation. Again, is immediacy, but this development of skills that are not just physical, muscular um, coordination skills, but they're neurobiological skills that are developing at the same time because we yeah. have to orient in space. We have to... Um, uh, pace ourselves in time and rhythm. We have to communicate not only with our own interiority, but with somebody else's interiority. And, and, and we're dancing and we don't know what's coming next. So it's hugely complex. But I yeah. think what you're talking about and, and what I so strongly feel also about my work is, is that these are skills that we all need. Like we don't all have to be contact dancers, but we have we have such a such a I don't know <laughs> in so many ways such a limited view of what we as human beings can be or how alive we can be. And as dancers, yeah. I think we really have access to this juiciness, this aliveness, and this connectivity to to our brain. Also in the sense of using our brain to support us, not to guide us. I think that is one of the biggest downfalls of this whole sort of development along the way is, is that we started to think and think that thinking is the main thing that we're here to do. But yeah, thinking yeah. actually is supposed to support us in our living energy. Sorry, yeah, I, went yeah. a big, I went a bit on the rant here, but, but it's so... It's, there's so much in it, and I think in some ways it's so difficult also to to verbally communicate that you have to do it. You have to get in to the movement in order to understand how it is also uh, supporting our your your daily life. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, it supports yeah. not only not only an art for art's sake, but it supports um, children like supporting them in their development with learning. I think um, you also have something to say about that probably. It supports our health and our immunity. It supports us in terms of relating to each other, like communicating with each other. Yes, <laughs> thank you for yeah. putting that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And uh, it's, um, 
um, it, it's amazing how linked into so many aspects of our intimate life, yeah. uh, familiar life, social yeah. life, yeah. and ecological life, it has movement. And uh, it's uh, the, the, the amount of implications are uh, amazing. And for me, one of the things was like, um, maybe f how many years ago? Uh, I'm not here, 2018. Uh, yeah, maybe 16 years ago. Uh, I I really wanted to have an impact uh, in terms of climate change, and because mm. I was aware of uh, of yeah that we are we are destroying our planet in in our way of living, and I always felt like really awful uh, grabbing a airplane to go and give a workshop mm. and talk about ecology. Mm. So mm -hmm. I started to not take it. I, I wasn't aware at the beginning. So mm -hmm. I started at least in Europe not to take any airplane mm. um, and travel by train. Problem was that gradually they started to cancel all the night trains. So mm. that was very <laughs> difficult. But all the mm. same, at the time I did it and and, um, uh, and when it was impossible not to do it, I had to travel to San Francisco to give a, a workshop. I asked the organizers, please, let's calculate the carbon imprint of this, uh, yeah. of this trip. And uh, at least we are responsible of planting the trees that would mm. uh, uh, be equivalent of my carbon mm -hmm. imprint. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And... Um, when it was impossible to do it. Um, so um, uh, going back to the uh, to to the work. Uh, so what what I wanted to do is through how could I through my work um, have an impact, yeah. uh, have an impact in climate change, mm -hmm. and and one of the discoveries was reading about this. Um, um, about this uh, French doctor that was traveling with Napoleon in his campaigns. Mm -hmm. And this doctor discovered or started to suspect that the people outside Paris, Paris uh, uh, in the countryside, in the, in the periphery, in Egypt or whatever, uh, were much more healthier than the people in the uh, in, in urban settings. Mm -hmm. So they started to and collect. And this is in the time of Napoleon, right? Napoleon, this, yeah. Yeah, we're not yeah. talking. Yeah, we're not talking about contemporary life now. Yeah. No, no, no. This yeah, this yeah. is amazing. Like because Long time ago. Like, yeah. It's only in two thousand and five or something like that that the American Psychiatrist uh, Association recognized that moving your body is good for your mm. mental, your mental health. Yeah. health mm -hmm. in 2005. Mm -hmm. In 2005, you, you like, <laughs> where have you been? With yes. what do you think? Yes. Yeah, with, yes. with what, 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 what type of psych treatment are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's surprising. 2005, uh, there is these uh, <laughs> expressions in men sana corpore sano, uh, uh, in corpore san, uh, sanum, sanum or sanus, uh, men san. Yeah. 
in in healthy body, body. a healthy a healthy, healthy mind. mind and this yeah. is from the romans and they took yeah. it from the greeks who who or the whole philosophy was also centered on moving on on on, on your life and uh, they they would be walking and thinking and chatting you know mm. uh, and there was a whole um, honor of the movement you know? yeah. so going back to the french doctor yeah this french doctor so they started he was one of the main scientists in the Napoleon environment. So they started to collect all the information, data all, all, all through the empire. And yes, and comparing the data, they came to understand that there is, there is what they started to call diseases of civilization. And, uh, that uh, that mean uh, and then uh, n this concept of diseases of civilization is uh, became now diseases of affluency mm -hmm. that that means <clears throat> uh, those persons who have the are affluent enough they have sufficient money to uh, outsource the movement needs vital movement needs that so that means that i pay for someone to grow my food or to hunt my food or to gather my food mm -hmm. i pay for someone to do my shelter i pay for someone or or something an energy to um to move around my mm -hmm. city or or mm -hmm. it is so either it is uh someone or something something else that it is used as energy to outsource mm -hmm. what i i need as vital movement mm -hmm. because in the in the past you had to move in the sense if yeah. you don't move you are either eaten or you cannot eat <laughs> yes so movement and food are always related no yeah. And movement and vi those vital needs, shelter, food, uh, traveling, no, mm. they're always related. So the more money you have, the more you buy into this concept of comfortability. Mm. And comfortability is like in Matrix, the, you, you know, this choice between the blue pill <laughs> yeah. and the red pill. Red pill yeah. Talking yeah, about good choices here. I'm sorry, I had to make that reference <laughs> to yeah. the podcast. Okay, what's the yeah. good choice here? Yeah, yeah. so that <laughs> the, the, the people who bite into the illusion of com comfortability yeah. are not only killing themselves, but mm. they are killing their surroundings. Because mm. when I choose to go to my work uh, to, to drive a sofa, with four wheels that we call a car, mm. uh, I'm or I'm killing my body, mm. and I'm at the same time mm. in uh, nourishing a whole war on resources, mm. oil from oil to all the resources needed to construct a car, mm. and we buy into this belief that that is comfort, mm. and. 
and 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 uh, and we buy into believe that you, you can see me no always i am moving i uh, like when you said like 45 minutes of uh, <laughs> podcast and i have to be in front of the uh, uh, computer uh, the, this uh, yeah you bring uh, your you bring there's your my comfortable yeah. sofa armchair yeah. And I'm constantly moving because I know that if not, I kill my body and I kill my brain. I go. Yeah. And so obviously. Javier, yeah. So we're, we're going to have to wrap it up soon. But I think um, to, base, to just sum it up oh, a yeah. little bit, I think I would also just insert here that again in the same book from Martin Keogh, um, Ian McCallum, who is a psychiatrist, he talks about ecological amnesia. Yeah, he talks about a sense of loss of not knowing where we come from and where we belong to. Yeah, and yeah. it's really also emerging as a as a recognition within the psychiatric field um, that we we lose any sense of where we come from. Yeah, that yeah. we are, and then that we are, like you said earlier, we're not just um, inhabiting the earth. We are part of the earth. Yeah. Mm. And part of the work that I think we both in different ways, but that we both do is getting a sense of it. Yeah. Not just understanding it intellectually by doing the research, but actually mm. sensing it, sensing my breath, sensing, um, the different systems within my body, sensing, uh, even if it's possible, sensing cellular information or or body memory that comes up, or an, and uh, a sense of having an animal body, having a sense of aliveness within myself that is not something that I could have even created um, in this lifetime. Yeah. So this this sort of in depth uh, study of working with working with the body is really an in depth study of where do we belong. Yeah, and and I think maybe just to wrap this up, this is my last question to you. Is um, I think I think part of what what's really helping me also in these really amazingly confusing times during the pandemic and during all these different restrictions and and how to deal with something so um, uh, so threatening on so many different levels is to work with my body and to work with my center and to work with the moment. Yeah. I think so much of what's happening also is, is that we get so caught up into what if and what, yeah. And into, into these constructions that when I do my work, when I teach, when I m work with my center, I am here. I'm here in this moment and I'm here in my body and it just gives me much more ability to be present with what's here right now and less invested in, in the fear of what might come or in the fear of what, you know, all that information that's out there, if it's real or if yeah. it's not real and all of that. So yeah, my last question to you is what can we do? What can we, like, what can I do? What can you do? What can we as as movers do to support ourselves in these times. <laughs> number one, step number one. Yes. Yeah. Wait, this cable yeah. doesn't allow it. Okay. 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 <laughs> hey. The first thing is to create a context that allows us to move. Yeah. And we have the concept that we, 
uh, I've done six hours, eight hours of work, and then I go to a yoga lesson or a contact jam, and I find it that you're destroying your body. How you spend six hours, eight hours in front of a computer, and then you you think that you can lift 75 kilos of a, of a man, 95 kilos of a man, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're crazy. We are destroyed. Like, even contact improvisation can be, can destroy your own body. Mm. So the first thing for me is to, like, or, or yoga. Then I have a, a friend who's an architect and, and he has a displaced vertebra because, yeah, he worked eight hours in front of a computer and then went to yoga lesson and the yoga teacher taught him to go over his whatever and, uh, and displace vertebras. If you are eight hours doing something, your body molds its process. It's a process called mechanotransduction. Your body molds to what you, what you are giving it. So when I stand up, I still have my chair in my body. I've been tra- Look what happens if I do eight hours of that. I would have a bicep like that. No. So, yeah. So, so if you spend eight hours with a chair, you will have invisibly the chair in your body. You're carrying your chair everywhere, and and that has, and and that has an impact in the whole world again. So the first thing is to change your your context, and by context meaning your intimate context. So I designed this space where. I I put my, that's my bed upstairs, it's not my cage, I'm not in a cage, but uh, 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 happily I had this, uh, and uh, I, I have a place where to hang because to do this movement is completely necessary. It's not that, we, we tend to think that <clears throat> movement is something like a subsidiary or something, uh, it's an optional, it's an optional. It's not an option. We are designed by movement. And that's going back to the French doctor. The, these, the diseases that uh, are created are, are, are very serious diseases from Alzheimer's, uh, cancers, uh, um, um, uh, osteoporosis, uh, depressions, uh, anxiety, so many, like in, in so many levels. Plus, plus the fact that I using the energy of someone else, and that means different forms of colonialism, because the banana gatherer out there is paid nothing horrendously, or different ways of, uh, of, of, uh, energy expendi- expend- expenditure, like uh, oil, uh, gas, whatever, whatsoever. So at least, I'm not saying uh, I started praising technology, but what I'm saying, because it is a wonderful thing on one side, but at the same time, this technology must make make us aware as the 2005 declaration of the uh, American <laughs> Association of Psychiatrists of what we we need as as human beings, and if we multiply all all these little movements and uh, 
I have a, four, three places where uh, I work here. Like one is standing there, one is sitting here, and the other one sitting in a in a smaller table oh, on the floor. I have no chairs in my house. I mm -hmm. put off all the chairs in my house. Uh, the shoes I, I use, the clothes I use, those are the contexts that create movement. You know? yeah. And so what I try to do is uh, involve movement every day in every moment Situation. of my life. Yeah. Uh, I always talk. I always talk about it as dancing in the kitchen. Yeah? yeah. For me, when I cook, and I mean, I had a pivotal moment in my life also where I had stopped dancing for many years, and then I started dancing again as I was cooking because I mm. was listening to Kate Bush's new album, and she touched me so deeply that I there was nothing else I could do but then to start moving and dancing in the kitchen. And um, that's, that's my, my catchphrase. Is I even wrote a blog about it, is dancing in the kitchen. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is what I mean. Uh, after a while, your body starts to ask for it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and the, the, the worst thing is when we get completely numb. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a whole tradition and the whole education now I, I kick the ball, the ball out, Are you? Uh, <laughs> because after a while your your body starts to to ask you, please move me, take me out of this cage, make yeah. my eyes go further than sixty centimeters of, yeah. of yeah. Uh, um, uh, your your body starts to ask you that, and and and. Uh, and we, what we have trained through school is to annihilate. Yeah, to override it, to override it. Override it. Like my kid, we, we try to create a Naturschule, nature a nature mm -hmm. school. Unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't work when my, my kid um, finished kindergarten. Uh, and we tried to create a, a Naturschule, it didn't work. So. At last moment, we had to put him in a public school, a very nice public school with some sort of Montessori um, orientation. But the first day, you know, the opening day, uh, it cannot, uh, it, they go with this in, in Germany, they go with uh, these uh, sort of hats full of uh, um, sweets. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, uh, maybe uh, they don't the, do it in Yeah, no, I know, the Schultüte. Uh, yeah, yeah. Schultüte. Yeah, we also have it in Austria. It's a yeah. tradition that... Um, once you start school, you get this, it's, it's, a, it's enormous. It's an enormous, like sort of cone filled with just sugary stuff. I, you know, whoever invented that. The whole thing. Yeah. Co cone full of sugary stuff. And the second grade, the first, uh, the second graders receive mm -hmm. welcome. The first mm -hmm. graders, are, at least in my school, in the school of mm -hmm. my kid. And they invited each one to a little chair with their name. Yeah, yeah. And that is horrific. Yeah. I, in all the schools, open days of schools, I went, I asked the same question. Either it were Montessori, uh, mm. anthroposophical schools, uh, Freie Schule, free schools, mm. whatever, I made the same question. 
how being that the kids I'm not saying being that we have been designed by four million years to move, being that the kids are very dynamic and they move a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you take advantage of mm -hmm. movement yeah. for the learning process? Yeah. And they had no methodological answer. And this is amazing. So that's our training. We train for many years not to listen to our body. And that has a cost. And we have to undo that training. Yes. And the, and the first fact is to make the choices in your life. What are the choices in the design of my space that I have some several uh, participants of my workshops who have started to kick their, chair, their chairs from their house. And they find they have much more space. <laughs> and, and they don't need to increase uh, the volume of their space because they, they, they have no, no more tables that are there. For, uh, they have small tables. Or, like, I, there are so many ways that uh, you, can, you can develop cho uh, uh, specific choices. No? Yeah. In every moment, uh, I always. Yeah, that's a beautiful wrap up for my first podcast, which is called Good Choices. So maybe <laughs> our first good choice is to get rid of our chairs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very specific. Yeah, how do we create our environment? How do we create a moving lifestyle for ourselves? Is is yeah. one of the primary choices that we yeah. need to make. Javier, yeah. thank you so much. Um, thank you. I know that we could talk for hours. I think we yeah, have yeah. a lot in, in common. I think we could have gone in many different directions and maybe we just do it another time uh, yeah. for another podcast. So yeah, thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate your, I appreciate your passion. I think that's <laughs> what I really feel is <laughs> your passion. And it's about, you know, your way of life and it's about your teaching and it's about change. So Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you, Sabine. Yeah. It's so nice that at least we, we meet in this way. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I've, I think that what you are proposing is fantastic. I hope mm. that there is people who, mm. who, 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 listen, who listen to your what, proposal, but also to listen to their own bodies and start to make mm. uh, changes because these changes will have a repercussion on themselves and in the world. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I see you soon. Yeah. Bye bye. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>
And if you have any questions, please write me an email.